Good morning. I'm Erin Knight. I'm the Director of Children and Family Ministries here at Memorial. As you may know, Joe Kate is out of town today. We will have a great sermon from Reverend Fred Parker. And um, I will do my best to cover Joe's announcements. Um, as you may know, if you're not a member here, you, this will be new. But um, we like to organize our announcements into the five practices of fruitful congregations. Um, the first being radical hospitality. To that end, I want to welcome you all here this morning, and if there are any visitors with us, we're so glad you're here. Um, two announcements for hospitality. There will be an Exploring Memorial class on August 14th at 10 o'clock in the social hall, so during the Sunday school hour. Whether you're a new member or a visitor, that class would be a great way to learn more about the church. Um, today is annual Lake Day at Lake Robinson at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, I noticed that while there was 100% chance of rain at that time when I checked last night, it's now gone down to 60%, so we're hoping for the best. The plan is to have it at Lake Robinson in um, the picnic shelter there at 5 o'clock. Should rain um, be a big issue, if it's sprinkling, we're going to go on with that location. If rain is a big issue, we will relocate to the gym and the Family Life Center at 5 o'clock o'clock. Um, you can uh, bring a dessert or a turn of ice cream and um, join us for that fun time for socializing. Uh, if there is any change, I am going to send out an announcement at uh, 4 o'clock today by email. If I don't have your email, um, make sure you give it to me today or give me your phone and I will text you however it works best for you. But we want to make sure we have a solid plan for that event and, and we'll hope to have it as scheduled. Um, under passionate worship, the next of the um, practices of a um, healthy congregation. Uh, the books are here for our next sermon series. They're called Fear of the Other, and they're by Bishop Will Williman. You'll find them in the narthex just to the right if you're walking out, um, and you can just take one and mark your name on that list. You can either circle the paid box if you'd like to pay later, which is perfectly fine, or write paid if you want to leave. Um, well, you can put it in the offering plate with a mark that says... Um, uh, fear of the other book payment and your name. Uh, that would work just fine. And um, they're $7. And I think you're going to really enjoy this series. Um, and Bishop Williman himself will come here to preach on October 16th. So we all want to do our homework and read the book in advance of that day, right? Um, intentional faith development is our next of our practices. Um, First of all, the Children's Fall programming schedules are all on a bulletin board in the Family Life Center hallway. Um, the bulletin board says, join our flock, and a bunch of the kids have put their sheep up with decorations. If your child has not done that and would like to, there are sheep in an envelope on that board and push pins and crayons so everybody can get a chance to be on the board. Um, you can also find our volunteer survey if you haven't yet told us how you'd like to serve the children's ministry. Grab one there. We'd love to have you. Um, Children's Ministry is going to have volunteer training on August 21st at 11 o'clock. So that's a Sunday. Um, we would hope you'd worship with us at 9 and then at 11 join us for that training if you're going to be working in Children's Ministry. Um, it will meet in the, what's called the straight classroom, the big classroom in the Family Life Center upstairs for children. Um, we're meeting there so that I can really show you how a rotation Sunday school model works. We'll actually walk around and, and um, do a, a sort of a trial run of how that will go as well as get some uh, background on how to volunteer in the new programs. Um, also, uh, do know that we have uh, child care for older kids that day. Um, my husband and some other volunteers will be in the gymnasium um, playing games with the kids so that they have fun while you're learning. Your younger children can of course go to nursery. Um, other than that, I think that uh, concludes our announcements for today. I hope to see you all at 5 o'clock on a clear uh, day at Lake Robinson, but if not, we'll certainly be in touch.
stand for our first hymn, Rejoice the Lord is King, number 715. Let us stand. Claim our faith, uh, the affirmation of faith. You can find it on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this you shall come to the church and the Lord of the Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
choir, but isn't that choir look great? <laughs> the first scripture lesson today is Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8, and it can be found on page 898 in your pew Bible. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies, with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you humbly this morning in this sanctuary uh, where we come to rest our thoughts, to rest our minds, to rest our bodies in this one short hour away from the troubles of the world. We pray that we will focus our minds and our hearts on the service and not on the world outside. May we come here today and take away one thing from this service, whether it's song, whether it's scripture, or whether it's the word, so that it may enrich our lives and help us through troubles and trials in our life this coming week. Father God, we, during this time, we want to lift up our country and we want to ask that you protect its people. And we ask also that the leaders of our country be given wisdom from you so that they may make the decisions that will keep peace in our land. And we just pray, Father, that the wars throughout the world may cease and peace will once again be present on the earth. So many innocent children, innocent women, innocent people are being displaced, being killed, being maimed in the name of really pride. Father God, we lift up also the individuals this morning on our hearts and minds that may be going through difficult times. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's a family member, a friend at work, a neighbor. And we ask us to listen to the words of Jesus Christ where he asked us to feed the hungry and take care of the sick and the needy. Father God, we uh, ask that you be with us in this service. Uh, and may, once again, we uh, retain the spiritual nature of it. We ask all these things in your Son's name, who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It is now time for our offerings, and if you uh, would pass the attendance roster to the end of the pew, so it would be picked up uh, by the usher.
may be seated. Thank you. First, I want to tell you what a pleasure it is to preach here at uh, Memorial Methodist Church. Um, before we, Debbie and I joined the church, I don't know, a little over a year ago, I was prior to that a local pastor, local Methodist pastor in the Spartanburg district and served several small churches and retired last year and wanted to find a church just like this one because it reminds, reminded me of when I was little and came to church in a beautiful traditional sanctuary like this and it's just a nice place to worship and one thing I do like about this sanctuary is that stained glass window there when we turn and look up and uh, sing the uh, doxology or, or whatever Gloria Patri and look up at that window with Jesus there and his uh, lambs it just reminds me of how we are his sheep and he is the shepherd our scripture lesson this morning um, is taken from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5 through uh, 12. Hear the word of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is God who said, let light shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For, for while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us, but life in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. That was Paul. I'm not going to preach on all of that. It would take a, a week probably. But Paul to me is very complex and sometimes difficult to uh, Understand. That's why we need Bible studies, and that's why we need uh, small groups uh, to talk about the Scriptures and try to lift up. And that's the point of my message this morning. I'm just going to lift up the one line he said, We all have treasures in clay jars. Now, the theme of my sermon will be Hope in Christ. Hope in Christ, and it is my prayer that just one thing will come from this message or this service that will help you through the week ahead and the, your life ahead. In the very early days before I known God, there was sin in the world. The Greeks tried to explain through mythology where this sin came from. It had to be a reason. It had to be a start. Why is there bad things in the world? Even going back that far, we've always had bad people. We've always had war. And probably, uh, I don't know, I hate to say we always will, but maybe when Jesus returns, war will end. So the Greeks use uh, myths 
mythology to explain things that they couldn't, such as sin. So they came up with a mythology of Pandora's box. This was their explanation of how sin well, came about in the world. And the myth goes that Pandora was the first woman in their world. And God's told her, Zeus told her, and gave her a box and sent her down to earth to find a husband. And she was possessed, possessed with very special gifts. And they gave her this box and said one, and he told her, whatever you do, do not open this box. You will regret it, so do not open the box. We all know what happened. Pandora's curiosity got the best of her, and she opened the box, and out came all the ills in the world. All the bitterness and murder and pride, adultery, envy. Sin was released into the world according to this Greek myth. Pandora was scared when she saw all these bad things coming out, so she shut the lid real quickly. But it was too late. Most of the sin had come, was entered into the world. Now the Greek myth is, is uh, says that Zeus did this to punish people for their disobedience to him and all the other gods in the world. Now let's not be too hard on Pandora. How many of us would probably not do the same? If you walked into a room and on the coffee table and you were there by yourself waiting on maybe someone to come in and there was a box or jar sitting on that table and with a little note on it, do not open. How many would uh, us sit there and just, you know, uh, try to restrain ourselves from opening that box? It's just the curiosity of uh, the human race. Okay, that's the early Greek version, but what about our version, today's version of how sin entered into the world? Well, fortunately, it's recorded in our own Bible, in the book of Genesis. It's not a myth, but it is a story recorded in writing in our Bible. Of course, it's the story of Adam and Eve. Eve also was described as the first woman of the human race. And God placed her and her husband Adam in the Garden of Eden, and everything was perfect. But God said, I give you one command. Do not eat the fruit of that tree there. You can have the fruit any other tree, but do not eat the fruit of that tree. Well, like Pandora, Eve's curiosity got the best of her. She took a big bite. God called her and Adam, and sin was, from that point, released into the world. Since this event, there has been war going on. No military war I'm talking about, even though we have those. I'm talking about a war for the soul of us, for the soul of mankind. It is a war of good versus evil. It is a war against our God with a capital G versus the devil or Satan. I believe we all have to acknowledge this fact. There has always been bad and sin in this world. Some will say, no, bring back the good old days. We want to make it like it used to be. Well, it used to be bad. It always has been bad. Uh, some may think that it's worse now than it used to be, but I think... Uh, 
somewhere in our little lives when we were growing up, there was still prejudice, there was still killing, there was still wars, there was still uh, people sinning. So things going back the way they used to be is not necessarily the answer. But who will win this war, this good and evil war? Is it up to us? Not up to the government, I can assure you that. So it must be up to you and I. Jesus himself acknowledged that there was Satan. There was evil in this world. He was, before he went into his ministry preaching the gospel, he was went into the desert and he was tempted for 40 days by Satan. And Jesus resisted. He was human in human form and he resisted this uh, temptation. Not many of us would have come out of that desert as Jesus came out. Now you and I are paying the price. It would be nice to live in a sinless world, no murder, no drugs, to entice our young or our old. No ISIS. But that's not the way it is. We do live in a sinful world where Satan is asking us to bite out of that apple every single day. Where Satan is asking you to open your jar and let out evil into the world. Our curiosity, the, the temptations of the flesh will bring us down as Paul talked about many times and I will quote one piece of scripture in Romans. While we were living in the flesh, our simple passions were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Translation, before salvation, those who lived of the flesh, in other words, worldly things, sin, temptation, life was absent of Christ. There was death and there was misery. That was before Christ. Now I didn't finish my Pandora story. There's many, there's been many endings to that myth. And I will use one to illustrate my message this morning. As I said, she closed the box very quickly and very tightly. She did not want to let anything else out of that box. But the story goes that there was one thing left in that box. If she had just left it open a little longer. And that one thing was hope. Hope. Without it, we mortals would perish, for sure. Someone once said, we can live 40 days without food. I don't want to do that. Eight days without water. Four minutes without air. And not much more than a minute without hope. There are countless stories of human survival. The only way they made it through awful times and tribulations was because they had hope. Hope that they would survive in a drifting boat. Hope that they would be released from a consecration camp. Hope that one day they would be reunited with their family. Hope that one day your daughter would be free from drugs or alcohol. Hope. Hope is what keeps us going. And by the way, I didn't finish my story of Adam and Eve, did I? Eve took the bite of that apple, released sins into the world. The world became so sinful that God had to send a great flood to start things over. On and on in the Old Testament, sin prevailed. And then on a cool, clear December night, a child was born. His name was Emmanuel, God with us. He was called Jesus, and he was the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, God incarnate. This divine man suddenly was the hope of the world. 
And through his spirit today, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, his spirit is with you. He is with us today. This man, Jesus, is today our salvation from sin, our hope that one day peace will come to this world and to our souls. We all here have a treasure in our jar or box. I think if you think about that, you do. It may be something that you worship other than God. It may be a car parked in the garage. It may be your work that you worship. It may be a, a game that you worship. Whatever it is that you adore and you worship and love more than God, then God does not like this because God has said many times that he should be put forth first. So if you ask yourself what's in your jar, if you open your jar, what will come flying out? What's in your jar that is keeping you and me today from joy? That joy and love that passes all understanding that we do not understand completely because our faith is still a mystery. I pray that if you open your jar in life, that what flies out is not what came out of Pandora's box, bad, unforgiving heart, so much pride that you can't say, I was wrong, I forgive you, and let's move on. I pray that what Jesus taught, lived, and died for is what is closed up in your jar. We just need to open the lid and let it out. And I repeat this from Paul, which I read this morning. Paul, Paul, but we have this treasure in clay jars that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. It does not come from us, Paul writes. We cannot do it alone. We need help, just like in times of tragedy, in times of tough times, you, you, you reach out to a pastor, you reach out to a friend, you reach out to a neighbor, you reach out to a relative to help you through this particular event. Like that, we need God. We need His Son who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. One day, Jesus said to His disciples a very simple phrase. This phrase will change our lives if we practice it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, what's in your jar, there will be your heart also. Whatever it is you worship, whatever it is you put forth before God, that's where your heart's going to be. And that's how you're going to act, because you're putting it first. So this morning, let's open our jar and let the hope of Christ guide us to a more joyful and fulfilling life. God did not promise us that there would not be troubles. We all know that. There have, they have been troubles in the past. There are troubles in the present. And there are going to be trials and temptations and uh, going forward. But he did promise that if, he, if we live our lives with Jesus by our side, life will be much easier, much richer, and more fulfilling. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our final hymn is most appropriate for our message because it talks about the hope of Christ. We all know it. My hope is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Number 368. Let us stand.
Thank you.